So is it possible to get sparked by allowing a shorthanded goal? We debate that, and we also discuss the intriguing in-game line changes made by Peter Laviolette during the 4-3 road win against the Predators. All this and much more on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 953 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And that song you are hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And we are, of course, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Rangers uh, picking up what can only be described as a thrilling win on the road against the Nashville Predators. It was a game where not everything was perfect. Uh, Certainly the Rangers got off to a rougher start than they would have liked. Uh, The first period was kind of ugly. They were kind of Back on their heels for pretty much the entire thing. Uh, precious few scoring opportunities to speak of. Just didn't seem to have their legs. And uh, I thought Nashville had a really good start in this game. you got to give some credit to the opposition from time to time. And uh, they were out there grinding hard. It's not a team that's going to be setting the world on fire in terms of their offense every single night. But uh, it, it seems like a team that goes out there and grinds. That's kind of been their trademark over the past couple of seasons. But the Rangers, nevertheless, you know, they've been in some battles with this uh, Predator team the last few years here. Including the 4-1 to loss earlier this year, which I still say is probably uh, the Rangers' worst game of the season. Uh, But this one, you know, obviously the Rangers, they took their best shot and they came back and got back into the game. I think it was sparked by uh, some of those line uh, change, the line combination changes, there we go, that Peter Laviolette made uh, from the first period going into the second period. We're certainly going to talk about that quite a bit in today's episode. But I wanted to start by kind of highlighting you know, the big comeback by the Rangers and this idea that somehow it, it felt like they got sparked by actually allowing a shorthanded goal, which is not something that you can say every single day. Um, but, you know, the Rangers, they're down 2-1 to one at this point in the game. They were down 2 nothing after the first period. That's when the line change changes happen. And, again, we will get to that in due time here. Uh, they get one back at the start of the second period due to the Rangers. It's now 2-1. to one, uh, Goal by Jacob Truba off of a feed from Vincent Trocek. But then, you know, just a disastrous start to a power play. For the Rangers, turn the puck over left and right, can't get anything set up. And uh, next thing you know, uh, you've got Sissons going in shorthanded on a breakaway after it looked like Adam Fox kind of pinched on the play and Mika didn't really pick him up. And, and next thing you know, Sissons has a clear path to the Ranger net and he scores on the breakaway and that made it three to one Predators. And as this is happening, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking like, you know, the Rangers are better than this. You know, they, they got to get back into the game. And the one thing I noticed, yeah, it always sucks to give up a shorthanded goal. And obviously that was the case here as well, but there's still like a minute 30 left on this power play. So my thought there was, you know what? Get one back. Don't feel sorry for yourself. This team has been very good all season of, you know, not getting down in the middle of a game if things aren't really going their way, or even if they're trailing on the scoreboard and they're down three to one at this point, you just gave up a shorty, but you know what? Forget it. Go and get one back score on this power play, which they technically did not do, but really they might as well have, uh, they scored at the very tail end of this power play. Um, it happened with uh, the, the goal was scored, right after the power play had expired. And I mean, like, right after, like, less than a second after. So uh, that was good to see. 
And, um, you know, obviously that that got the Rangers back into the game. That cut the Nashville lead down to 3-2. to two. And uh, that goal was, of course, scored by Chris Kreider. Um, this is the one that he batted out of the air and into the net. And this, of course, cut Nashville's lead down to 3-2. to two. Um, You had Adam Fox taking a shot from the blue line. You know, he made a move to kind of open up a shooting lane for himself. Let's the shot fly. Vincent Trocek gets a, a piece of it on the way to the net. The save is made. Uh, Kreider tried to bury the rebound from the doorstep. Uh, the save was made there too, but the puck kind of hops into the air and then Kreider reaches up, bats it out of midair, knocks it into the net, and again, cuts the uh, Predator lead down to three or two at that point in the game. It kind of reminded me of, and and I'm probably not the only one here, uh, the goal that Jimmy Vesey scored, I believe it was against the Devils, where, um, you know, the late game winning goal where Lafreniere took a shot, it was stopped. Vesey tried to bury the rebound, that was stopped too, and the puck just kind of hopped into the air and VZ reached up, batted out of the air into the net. Chris Cryer did the same thing here. I mean, the hand-eye coordination of these guys is just off the charts. That was just a very impressive goal uh, by VZ, you know, a couple games back and also certainly uh, by Kreider here. And I do have to give a quick shout out to my friends at NHL.com. Uh, you know, they've kind of remade the website a little bit. I, I think it's a little bit user more user-friendly now than it used to be. But I love this because with every goal that's scored in the box score, it tells you what kind of shot it was. You can get a slap shot, a wrist shot, a snapshot, backhand shot, whatever. But they actually have a category. It just is under shot. It just says bat, like he batted it into the air. And uh, that is legit. I mean, he that's exactly what he did. You know, Kreider reaches up, knocks the puck home, and you know, kept his stick under the crossbar. The puck was under the crossbar when he made contact with it. So it's a good goal. And again, Rangers down 3-2 at that point. And then they tie the game just 19 seconds after this. They're back on the power play. And you got Vincent Trocek, who had just an unbelievable game, I thought. Uh, he really came through big for the Rangers. Uh, again, Rangers already back on the main advantage. And Trocek sets the whole thing in motion by cleanly winning a faceoff. Because, of course, he did. Vincent Trocek went 19-6 and six on the dot in this game. And he continues to just dominate night in and night out. I mean, is there a better faceoff, man? I, I haven't looked at the stats, the individual stats. And, of course, when you do that, you know there, there will be guys at the top that – it says 100%, and they're one for one, and it's like, okay, but who are the real best face-off guys? And, and Trocek has to be near the top of the list. He, he's just dominating every night, but he wins this face-off clean, and you got Fox passing across the ice to Mika Zibanejad. Mika's on the left side. He takes a shot, and Trocek tips it home. You know, by that point, he got in front of the net there and uh, redirected it. Beautiful tip, uh, top shelf. And, you know, Panarin and Kreider, neither one of them had the puck all that long in this play, but they both touched it briefly, and they were both along the boards there. So, you know, they had to work to, to keep the play alive and make sure the Rangers still had possession. So uh, this only this play only lasted about four or five seconds, maybe, after the faceoff, and yet all five Rangers had at least a small hand in uh, making sure that this goal was scored and the game got tied there. So just an awesome sequence in the second period there. Uh, not so much the shorthanded goal, but the response to the shorthanded goal was very, very good for the Rangers. And in fact, while I got the box score here, I do want to just see like how quickly this all happened. So the Sisson's shorthanded goal was 7.28 into the second period, and then the Kreider goal was 8.52 into the second, and then the Trocheck goal was 9.11 into the second period. So you're talking about basically a minute and 30 seconds or so um, of, of time here that went by, or getting kind of close to two minutes, but you get the idea. A very rapid turnaround. I mean, if you're the Predators and you score a shorty there, you're feeling good, and you've got this team on the ropes. Next thing you know, it's tied. And then, of course, the Rangers, uh, they've been great in the third period this year, and uh, this game was no exception either. Uh, you end up with Ryan Lindgren getting the, uh, the what turned out to be the game-winning goal. So great stuff there as well. Always happy to see uh, Ryan Lindgren come through in a big spot like that. He doesn't score that often, but I feel like whenever he does score, it feels like it's kind of a big goal. You had that goal that Lindgren scored uh, it was either last year or the year before. All this blends together at a certain point. But Americans Buffalo, he scored with like less than a second remaining when he pinched forward. 
Um, he had a goal against the Devils in the playoffs that kind of came in a big spot. I, I feel like he makes them count. He doesn't score very often, but uh, he does make them count. So anyway, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to go ahead and shift our attention to the in-game line changes that were made by Peter Laviolette. We have not seen a lot of this. In fact, we haven't really seen the Rangers do this at all this season up until this game. So we have some thoughts on that. The new line combinations talk about whether they will stick with these new line combos, whether they should stick with these new line combos. We'll get to all that fun stuff in just a second. Also want to cover Ryan Lindgren's game-winning goal in more detail because why not? It's game-winning goal. It's Ryan Lindgren. Everybody loves Lindgren. And, um, you know, obviously coming through in a big spot there. He got a lucky bounce, but be that as it may, uh, he still made a nice play. Uh, so we'll get to all that fun stuff in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Chris Kreider could score 50 goals. The New York Rangers could hoist the Stanley Cup, and you could win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, and especially daily fantasy hockey. Because of Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. All you have to do is pick whether studs like Kreider or Panarin or Fox or Igor will record more or less than their sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Reindeer fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Also, definitely want to let you guys know that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every single league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so to keep everything rolling here, definitely got to talk about the uh, the line uh, juggling here, the, the shuffling. No single line for the Rangers remained 100% intact uh, from the first period to the second period. And first, just before we get to the combinations, let's just talk about the decision to actually do this. Uh, Rangers had a lackluster first period. There, There's no two ways about it. Like I said, they were kind of back on their heels the entire period. Certainly some sloppiness in their own zone. I, I thought they, you know, certainly more... Uh, turnovers in their own zone than you would like to see uh, from the Rangers. And it, it kind of burned them a couple of times. The one time, you know, the Predators scored after the Rangers cleared the puck and it hit one of the officials in the neutral zone and the Predators were able to get the puck pretty quickly. But that doesn't change the fact that, um, you know, the Rangers were obviously hemmed in their own end for quite a while. And as far as uh, quality scoring chances for the Rangers in the first period, you could definitely count them on one hand. Uh, you might be able to count them on one finger. <laughs> there, there was one. Uh, there was one I can remember where, you know, Panarin tried to make a cross-ice pass for Lafreniere, and it, it was almost there. You know, Lafreniere wasn't able to to make it happen, but there was that. You know, the fourth line had a shift where they they at least kept it on Nashville's side of the ice, and, you know, VZ came around the back of the net to try to stuff it in. But, again, very, very precious few scoring opportunities in the first period. And the Rangers were really back on their heels and, like I said, turning the puck over uh, too often. So this gets your attention, having LaViolette change the line combinations 
between periods. Uh, I think certainly as a fan, it does. And probably if you're a player as well, because he doesn't do it that often. And I've talked about this in the past and I'm not trying to pile on Gerard Gallant. I, I think overall, you know, Ranger fans were, were pretty tough on him for somebody that won as many games as he did for somebody that his first season there got them within, you know, supposedly rebuilding team two wins within uh, the, the Stanley cup finals. They, they were two wins away from that. But again, we, we know this, especially his second year, a little bit his first year, but definitely his second year. Glant was really trigger happy with the line combinations. And it got to the point I've talked about this before. And I think some of you agree with me that I kind of just got numb to the line combinations after a while. It was just kind of like, well, why even like overanalyze this? Because, by the time the second period rolls around, it's going to be completely different anyway. He's going to put the lines in a blender and we'll have to relearn them all over again. So uh, for a while there, it was just kind of like, okay, this guy's with that guy, whatever, cool. But with LaViolette, uh, he, for the most part this season, has not made any changes to his line combinations. Uh, the only change that he had made before last night that was not necessitated by an injury because, you know, obviously somebody gets injured, you got to do some things differently and somebody else is going to go into the lineup. But the only change that he had made, like of his own, you know, doing, not having it be affected by or not having it caused by an injury was when he took Kako from the first line and flip-flopped him with Blake Wheeler. Kako went down to the third line, Wheeler went up to the top line and, and mixed results there. Um, but this is the first time that we've really seen him like go all out during a game and just say, okay, we're going to do everything completely different in the second period. And this is what we came up with, or rather what LaViolette came up with. You've got a super stacked top line of Mika Zibanejad centering Artemi Panarin on the left side, Alexi Lafreniere on the right side. So the first thing that you notice there is that Mika and Kreider, and I know some fans have been calling for this, the two of them uh, split up at this point in the game. So, I mean... You know, they've been a little bit better 5v5 recently. And, you know, with the Rangers winning and winning and winning and winning and winning, uh, my kind of instinct has been like, all right, well, you know, this obviously, you know, they're not firing on all cylinders, but it's not really hurting the Rangers too much either. So uh, let them, you know, figure it out. But I think at a certain point, you know, if you're Laviolette and the coaching staff, you want more than one line that can do something offensively. You know, you look at the bottom six right now, and I like all, all the players there, but there's just not a lot of offensive prowess. You know, the bottom six coming into this game. And, you know, at a certain point, you want more than just the, the Panarin line to do something offensively, to, to be a threat offensively. And I, I think maybe that's what went into this as well. And I think also just the fact that he wanted to send the Rangers a message. I mean, forget about the combinations. I, I think that was a big part of this too, is like, okay, you guys need to pick it up and I'm not dealing with this tonight. And we're switching up the lines and you need to figure it out. And the Rangers, whatever message was said in that locker room uh, to go along with the lines being different, uh, clearly the Rangers got that message because they were a lot better from the second period on, save for the the shorthand goal that they gave up. But that was the top line again, Mika, Panarin, and Lafreniere. You had a second line of Trocek centering Kreider and Brodzinski. So Johnny Brodzinski uh, goes from, you know, being in the AHL and having to pass through waivers this offseason and you know, getting into a couple of games here, but he's now in a top six role, at least for the uh, second period on in this game. And again, you know, we'll see if they stick with these line combinations going forward. Uh, my only issue here is that I just don't like the idea of breaking up Trocek and Panarin and Lafreniere because, again, that line has just been on fire. They've looked so good together. We've talked about how Trocek's uh, production has shot through the roof ever since he's been paired with Panarin again. But then again, uh, his his production was through the roof in this game too. He had a two-point or a three-point night and almost a four-point night. And he did that while not playing with uh, with Lafreniere or with Panarin. So Trotrek's doing so good right now and uh, going so well that maybe it just doesn't matter that much. He could live without it. The one thing you can't do, though, I got to have Panarin and Lafreniere together because Lafreniere is playing better hockey than we've seen him play. 
since he's gotten to the NHL. And I think that's due in no small part to getting to play uh, with Artemi Panarin. Everybody gets to Panarin bump, and you put a talented player like Alexi Lafreniere out there with him, and that's going to be doubly true, I, I think, for, for somebody like that. Um, so, yeah, you've got interesting, uh, you know, opportunity for Johnny Brodzinski. And Brodzinski played well in this game. He ended up with a couple of uh, secondary assists. So that was great. But one of the biggest plays he made in this game, and he got some help from Jacob Trouba on this play too. But you've got a uh, Nashville skater going toward the net. Good opportunity to score here. Basically going kind of like diagonal across the crease. And Igor's following him the whole way. Igor's moving to his left. Uh, try to obviously, you know, stop whatever shot is about to be coming. But it goes beyond the goal line. And the players, his momentum kind of took him behind the net. But, you know, Igor's kind of sliding and sprawling and trying to get on top of the puck. And the skater then is going to try to, you know, come back in front of the net and just stuff it home into the basically vacated net. But Johnny Brodzinski is down on the ice, you know, trying to block the puck and trying to prevent that from happening. And that was a great play by Brodzinski. And I mentioned true, but he was down on the ice too in the crease. Uh, both those guys just looking to do whatever they could, just kind of improvise to keep the puck out of the net. So Brodzinski played well in this game. Um, he's a hardworking player. And uh, one of those guys, you know, he's, he's very easy to root for. They, they love him in Hartford. They love him as the captain. And, um, it's just funny because he leads the AHL in scoring, but then he gets to the NHL and I realize it's a whole different animal and his ice time is not the same. And he's not getting power play time either for the most part. Um, but yeah, the, the production just does not translate for him uh, from the AHL to the NHL, at least not yet. Maybe there's something that can be unlocked. Like I said, he did get the two assists in that game and that was nice to see as well. Uh, but that's your second line, your third line. Then you've got Barclay Goodrow centering Jimmy Vesey and Blake Wheeler. And Wheeler, you know, we've talked about how he's picked it up a little bit recently, and he has. You know, he's, he's getting at least a couple of points here and there. But Blake Wheeler, 37-year-old Blake Wheeler on the top line, that's not ideal, I don't think. And I'm not trying to be mean here. I, I would think probably most people would agree. But as we've talked about uh, recently, you know, they don't really have anybody to play the the right wing on the top line, unless you go with the line combinations that we saw in this game, where you can kind of super stack the top line and go with uh, Mika at center, Panarin at left wing, and then Lafreniere, certainly he can play uh, top line right wing, especially if he's out there with Panarin. But yeah, beyond that, I mean, there just aren't that many options. Um, you know, we talked about Jimmy Vesey. He, he could be an option there. And something that I like about these new line combinations is it does get Jimmy Vesey off of the fourth line. Uh, he's fine there. He can certainly play a fourth line style of game. But the way he's scoring lately, you kind of want to strike while the iron's hot, maybe get him into a little bit of a more prominent role. So that was interesting to see uh, VZ getting bumped up the lineup a little bit. And Goodrow, I mean, we don't really have to say anything. We know he can play pretty much anywhere. I mean, I always think he's better in the uh, bottom six rather than the top six. But uh, him and Bonino were kind of flip-flopped here because Bonino's been centering the third line, which is probably a bridge too far um, at this point in Bonino's career. And I say this as somebody that's been very impressed by Nick Bonino. I think he's done a fantastic job since coming over uh, to the Rangers and great penalty killer, great face-off guy, great defensive forward. Top nine four, though, that's probably pushing it a little bit for Bonino at this point in his career. But he's centering the fourth line, and he's out there with Will Cooley on the left wing, Tyler Pitlick on the right wing. I know some people may not be happy about the fact that, you know, Will Cooley's one of the kids, and we want to develop him and get him to come along and, and the whole nine yards here. But um, I'm okay with it because, again, you know, Will Cooley is somebody that, it feels like he can play a fourth line style. I mean, he's one of the more physical players on the Rangers. Last time I checked, uh, he had a pretty sizable lead in terms of uh, the team lead for hits. Uh, he's very physical out there and very noticeable in that way. And so is Tyler Pitlick. You know, both those guys throw their weight around quite a bit. So I'm cool with it. I mean, eventually you'd probably want to see Cooley get, get off the, the, the fourth line and back into the top nine. But uh, if he has to be there for a little while, so be it. 
Um, as far as um, you know, sticking with these line combinations, I'm going to be very curious to see what they do going into this game. I would think they'll probably stick with it. Um, you can always go back to the way it was before, but when you look at kind of the night and day in this game between the first period and the final two periods for the Rangers, uh, there's no comparison. You know, the Rangers found their legs and uh, playing with a lot of intensity, a lot of urgency, and just battling back against a, a hard-nosed Nashville team in their barn and finding a way to get the win is very impressive. So I would, I don't think they would go away from that after it worked as as well as it did. And you got to give props to Laviolette. You know, he he. He doesn't overdo it when it comes to juggling the lines. So when he does it, it, it kind of makes your eyebrows go up a little bit, even as a fan. And I'm sure the players kind of, um, you know, they got the message there too, that it was it was time to pick it up a little bit. And they answered the bell and they got the win. So that was awesome to see. I uh, also want to uh, talk about the game-winning goal by Ryan Lindgren, because why not? Again, Ryan Lindgren is uh, certainly a favorite of mine. I know he's a favorite for a lot of you guys as well. But he's got the puck up the left side. And he's trying to center it to Vincent Trocek. And Trocek's there in front. He's battling for position. Uh, initially, it looked like Trocek may have deflected it. And I think the announcers believe that as well. Uh, but he didn't. It actually went off the Nashville player and into the net. And you know what? Trocek got three points anyway. It would be cool to see him get a four-point night. But he doesn't really need it. It was awesome to see Ryan Lindgren play such a blue-collar game. He took a couple of penalties in this game. So it was nice to see him come through. Uh, with the game-winning goal here. Uh, again, lucky bounce, but they all count. You got to take it. And um, the way the Rangers were playing in the second and third period, you could argue that, yeah, you know what? They they deserved a little bit of a, a lucky bounce in their favor. They had an unlucky bounce earlier in the game, the one that hit the, the official in the neutral zone, and up leading to a Nashville goal. So I guess it all evened out in the end. Uh, and then as far as like down the stretch in this game, got a little chaotic for a little while there, but Igor was up to the task. You know, Igor gave up a couple of goals early in this game, but was very good after that. And um, Rangers defending very well. Keandre Miller just missed an empty net. And then the Predators actually, you know, the Rangers wouldn't let the Predators get the puck back into their zone from like 30 seconds left until the end of this game. So desperation time, the Predators basically just threw the puck down the ice and, and tried to win the foot race and negate the icing. They weren't able to do that. So there was an icing on Nashville with just six seconds left. And at that point, pretty much done. You know, the, the faceoff is in the Nashville zone and you're just not going to give up a goal very often uh, in that situation. It was funny though, to see an offensive zone faceoff for the Rangers. And they literally had, I think both defensemen for the Rangers were actually playing in the neutral zone when the puck dropped. That's another thing you don't see every day. Obviously the uh, situation in the game dictated that you want to be in position and you want to be ready if there's a rush up the ice, but it just looked funny to see. I think it was only Nick Bonino that was like up close you know, he, he was taking the face off and everybody else is kind of playing back a little bit. So it just kind of looked funny, but obviously uh, that's what you do in a situation like that. Um, anyway, I want to keep everything rolling just a second here. I want to take a quick preview of today's game. Uh, Rangers going to be playing the Sharks. I'm also going to uh, call the Rangers out for something that I think needs to get a little bit better in the games going forward. The everydayers, you might have an idea where I'm going with this, but uh, regardless, we'll talk about that in just a second. First, though, definitely want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by our one of our best sponsors, and that would, of course, be Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's U.S. data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, 
you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Visit Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, let's go ahead and keep everything rolling here. Talk a little bit about uh, this matchup coming up a little bit later today. Rangers going to be playing the Sharks, and the Sharks are not a good team. Hopefully, the Rangers don't think about that too much because you certainly don't want to play down to the competition. Any way you slice it, this should be two points for the Rangers to kind of go over just how bad it's been for the Sharks because I knew they were bad. I I was not prepared for some of these stats that I found today. So, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean here, but you almost can't help but laugh at some of these stats that I'm about to give you guys. But anyway, I'm saying all this, and then, of course, it'll be a dogfight today. But uh, the Sharks right now, 6-16-2. That is the worst record in hockey. Uh, they have been a little better lately, to, to be fair here. Uh, they they beat the Devils 6-3 to in their most recent game. So that's awesome. Thank you to the Sharks for that. Uh, the Sharks have gone 4-5-1 and one in their last 10. Now, that's not anything to write home about, but it is quite a bit better than uh, where they were when they started the season. I believe they lost like 10 or 11 or 12 straight games to start the season this year. So obviously, they've been a little bit better uh, since that disastrous start to the season. But this really stood out to me, too. They only have two players on the entire roster who are producing at more than a half point per game. That's it. You got Tomas Hurdle. Uh, he's got 17 points in 23 games, so he's kind of leading the charge there. Obviously, Timo Meyer's not there anymore. He was traded to the Devils, and um, he's long gone. He was one of their better players. But you got Hurdle. You got to keep an eye on him. And also, Michael Granlin uh, has 10 points in 17 games. Every other player on this roster for the Sharks is at less than a half point per game. And I haven't looked at the Rangers. I'm, I'm sure the Rangers have quite a few more than that, but it, it just goes to show... Um, you know, how much firepower is just lacking uh, for the Sharks team. But here's another crazy stat. Uh, they average less than two goals per game by a decent amount. They have 42 goals in 24 games. So putting the puck in the net is really an issue for the Sharks team. And they're going to face Jonathan Quick today. And um, he's no stranger to them. You know, they were in the same division for however many years. So uh, hopefully Quick still has their number and can take care of business for the Rangers. Uh, the Sharks also, here's here's a crazy one. They are a minus 54 goal differential minus 54 that's the worst in hockey I probably didn't have to tell you that but the second worst in hockey in terms of goal differential is the Blackhawks and they are minus 26 the Blackhawks are minus 26 the Sharks are minus 54 pretty wild they have the 21st ranked power play third to last in penalty kills so the Rangers can hopefully feast on what is obviously a subpar uh kill you've also got Mackenzie Blackwood starting in net today for the Sharks he's Three ten and two, a three fifty six goals against average, a nine oh three save percentage, and um, Capo Kakonen's numbers for the Sharks are actually even worse than that. So, um, it, it should be a win. It, it's the second game of a back to back for the Rangers. Um, it is not for the Sharks, so I guess the Sharks kind of have that in their advantage. But that's no excuse. You still have to find a way to get two points here, and um, hopefully the Rangers can do just that. And really, when you think about, you know, the back-to-backs, it's, it hasn't really been an issue for the Rangers so far this season. So, obviously, I hope that that's still the case and um, the Rangers can take care of business. There are a decent amount of former Rangers on this team, though. So, that should have a couple of uh, alarm bells going off in everybody's heads right now. But you got Anthony Duclair. Uh, he's there. you got Ty Emerson. And you've got Ryan Carpenter. Um, and all three of them, for whatever this is worth, and again, the Sharks did beat the Devils in their most recent game, took them down 6-3. to three. All three of those former Rangers uh, got on the score sheet. You had Duclair with two goals, 
And then Emerson and Carpenter each had an assist. And I should clarify, Emerson never actually played a game for the Rangers, I, I don't think. Um, but he was at the Hartford Wolfpack for, for all of last season. He was part of the uh, Patrick Nemeth trade when the Rangers offloaded him uh, to the Coyotes. But bottom line, all three of those players have ties to the Rangers. And uh, we keep our fingers crossed that uh, the Rangers don't get haunted by, you know, one of their own players, which does seem to happen, uh, you know, more often than you would think it would happen um, when it comes to Rangers playing their former players. But I did mention a second ago that I had a mini, mini call out for the Rangers here. And I'm going to tell you what that is. Uh, the penalties are getting to be a little bit out of control lately. And look, I realize the Rangers want to play a hard nose in your face style and, and they want to be physical and uh, they want to be the aggressors. That's kind of a trademark of La Violette team. So I get all that. But, you know, we talk about in the past how for years there was an over-reliance on Henrik Lundqvist. And now lately, um, you know, off and on in the Igor Shesterkin era, there's been an over-reliance on Igor. Now it almost feels like, are the Rangers, is there too much of an over-reliance on the PK? Because the penalty kill is very good. Went into last night, number seven in the league, and you know they they tend to be very well-structured out there. And there's a lot of power plays that they face that just don't really get off the ground for their opponents. It's not just the percentage. There's a lot where the Rangers just snuff them out before they can get anything going. But they are giving up a lot of power play advantages to their opponents. Case in point, uh, in this last game against the Predators, Preds got four opportunities. Uh, they score on one of them. The game before that, the Red Wings had five chances. They scored on one game before that. The Sabres had just two, just two power plays for the Sabres. Uh, they did not score game before that. Just three for the Bruins. We can live with that. They score on one of them game before that was the Flyers. The Flyers had six power play opportunities, did not score on any of them. And the game before that was the Penguins and they had five chances and did not score on any of those. So, Tally that all up. Last six games, 25 power plays allowed. That's basically four per game, and that's a little bit too much. And I think the Rangers just have to do what they can to try to reel it in at least a little bit. But, um, yeah, you know, overall, and, and mini, mini call out for Trocek there, too, because he's usually the one leading the charge with some of these penalties. One other thing that I wanted to talk about Trocek, though, because he obviously had an awesome game, and we mentioned how you know, he's really down in the weeds in a lot of these games for the Rangers. He's doing a lot of the dirty work. And, you know, props to Chris Drury, because a couple off seasons ago or, or last or second most recent offseason, because this is now Trocek's second season with the Rangers, there was a decision to be made. Uh, the Rangers had Strom. He'd been there for a few years. They had Andrew Kopp, who was, came over as a rental, and Vincent Trocek was out there too. And all three of them ended up getting you know fairly similar contracts in terms of length and in terms of dollars. Trocek was a little bit longer than the other two. But you look at what's happened since then, and very clearly, um, Chris Drury has made the right decision. And I get that Trocek is probably playing with better players than either of those other two. Um, and, and, you know, getting to play with Panarin always helps as well, but man, you just look at like overall what's happened since then, go by any stack, go by any eye test. Um, you know, Trocek really is kind of a Swiss army knife, does a little bit of everything to help you win. And that was clearly the right decision. And it was, it was a big debate among Ranger fans. And, uh, I've always been a big fan of Trocek even before he came to the Rangers. And I'm just really happy he's here. One more Trocek moment that I mentioned in this game was at the end of the second period. I don't know if you guys saw this, but. There's obviously a skirmish and a get-together, and Trocek, as he always is, he's right in the middle of everything, and he was doing this thing where he was kind of like, he was sticking his glove in his opponent's face, but he, like, wouldn't look at him. Like, he was, like, looking off to the side and, like, just kind of, like, you know, pushing his his glove into his face, and not enough to take a penalty or anything like that, just enough to annoy uh, whoever he was doing that to. So, classic Trocek. He can drive you a little nuts at times, but he is a heck of a player, and uh, I'm glad the Rangers have him. And as I mentioned before, 19-7 and seven on the faceoff dot. 
was Vincent Trocek. But I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. Uh, once again, thank you guys as always for tuning in. If you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.